Hi everyone, Daniel Foch here, real estate broker with Foch Family Real Estate. Uh, thank you for tuning into season six of the Brick and Mortar podcast. This season is called Localing or Low Calling, focused entirely on local businesses in the Ontario market. I'm going to start off with a little bit of housekeeping for this entire season of the podcast, just so you don't have to listen to me babble on indefinitely prior to each episode, though I will include it at the beginning of each episode so you can skip it if you wish. So firstly, thank you for your patience in dealing with the delayed start of the season. I was in the process of onboarding a new sponsor, which I'm excited to announce. This is a series I've been wanting to do for a while, but couldn't quite muster up the resources to contact and schedule with local businesses at scale. Um, Then about three weeks ago, I posted a hilarious Austin Powers meme video, and it was shared by tens of thousands of local business people. And it felt like something between serendipity and fate that presented me with the opportunity to connect with the guests that I wanted to. Um, secondly, before I get started, I would also like to mention that this season of the podcast is sponsored by pop-up shop. That's spelled P O P P U P dot S H O P like pop pup, because their logo is literally a puppy holding a balloon, which is adorable. Pop-up is a business that describes themselves as short-term retail, which is basically a marriage between Airbnb and commercial leasing. Their goal is to play a role in the renewal of the Ontario commercial real estate in a post-pandemic economy uh, by removing the barrier to entry for small businesses and simultaneously helping landlords to mitigate the impact of the vacancies that we're about to see. I've been invited to beta test their platform prior to its launch after Ontario lockdowns, which is how I got involved with them. Uh, Pop-Up has also invited any of my guests and listeners to join in their beta phase. You can learn more at their website, P-O-P-P-U-P dot S-H-O-P, which will be linked in the show notes on the podcast and on YouTube. Now, I know I previously stated I likely wouldn't have sponsors on this podcast because the content works well for me as a lead generation tool, um, but I am really interested to see what these guys are doing in the commercial market um, and hopefully we'll have further involvement with them down the road as they, they launch in the post-pandemic economy. And finally, if you know anyone who runs a local business that's been impacted by COVID in any way, positively or negatively, I'd love to hear from you. I am virtually unlimited in the number of conversations I'm willing to have about this topic, and I'd like to explore the topic exhaustively before I move on. So if there's any entrepreneurial guests you'd like to hear on the podcast, please reach out to me and make an introduction or a request, and I'll do my best to feature them on the low-calling season. Without further ado, please enjoy this episode. Hi, Rachel. Uh, Daniel Foch here. I'm doing a new series. Uh, you're actually my first guest on the series. Um, based on, on just exploring what's happening right now to in the world of, of small business and independent service providers, um, and so you and I connected as a result of, uh, of a meme that I shared on Instagram, um, which, you know, sort of went viral. I think a lot of, I'm starting to see a lot of people responding differently to this lockdown than the last lockdown. And as you know, I'm in real estate. Um, and so one of the big pieces of context is how 
local businesses interact with and create sort of a neighborhood for people to live in. And those are one of the, it, or it ultimately becomes one of the biggest value drivers for why people choose to live where they live. And my fear, I guess, is that a lot of that's going to become unrecognizable in the future because I mean, small businesses have been impacted and, and almost had their hands tied by policy. So I wanted to connect with as many local business people as I could to just get an understanding for how this has impacted people on an individual basis and also sort of gather um, owners and operators thoughts on what we can do better as consumers or like, you know, what you're doing better as, as a, as a consumer and as a service provider to better deal with these issues moving forward so that, you know, I think we've seen uh, CFIB release a statistic, like 60% of small businesses um, have closed permanently as a result of this in certain areas. And, you know, I, I think that if you start to see anything more than that, it would just be a shame. And, and, you know, the local economy would become almost completely different moving forward. I think that that's something that, that I don't want to see happen. Right. Um, so before we start, I was just wondering if you could introduce yourself um, and what you do and sort of the context of why we're having this conversation. And then we can get into sort of those those strategies for people. Sure. Um, good morning, everybody. I'm Paget, and I am a hairstylist. Um, I work in a salon, but um, I mean, a lot of my friends own their own businesses, so, and my family owns businesses. So I've seen this impact um, many people I know, and even as an employee, um, my industry is kind of interesting in the sense that even when you work for somebody you have like your own clientele um so even though i am a technically an employee it's kind of a different circumstance with us it's definitely impacting me and the company i work for um i feel like the longer this has gone on the more like like you just said the more things aren't going to go back to normal like it's been a year now and um the way things have been, um, you know, handled, things are like people's habits are changing, consumers' habits are changing. So I'm concerned that like people that used to see me every three weeks for a haircut are now going to push it to five or six. And, you know, like you're saying, people are moving around. So I'm concerned that when I go back to work, like half my clientele has moved out of the neighborhood I work in. And these are all different things that I've been that have been going through my brain for the last year, trying to figure out like what things are like when we reopen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that they've made it a lot more difficult to to shop locally. Right. Like they've taken away a lot of the resources in, in, in your industry, especially it's you can't even really interact with your clients properly. And, and, and I've, you know, I, you heard of people doing uh, finding different loopholes to try and continue to operate. But, you know, ultimately not an exceptionally safe way to operate your business, right? Um, yeah. What kind of things have you found that you've had to do as a, as a service provider to, to stay afloat or to, to adapt your business model to continue to thrive uh, in this new environment? Um, I, me and like a lot of other people I know have been really trying hard to like contact our clients and just make sure that they keep us in their mind. Like I'm, I'm enough that I've been doing this for long enough that I've had a lot of really, really thoughtful gestures, clients, like people reaching out to me asking how I'm doing. I've had clients, you know, at Christmas time, send me money and stuff like that. Like just really thoughtful. But like, if you're newer in the game, like say you've only been doing hair for two years, 
you won't even have a clientele when you go back. So I've had a lot of friends like posting tutorials and such online, just trying to keep their, their like face in the spotlight sort of thing. Stuff like that. And just like reaching out, um, off, you know, contests, like a free haircut when we reopen and that kind of thing. Yeah. That's actually an interesting one. Cause I've seen like a lot of, uh, I guess like, in in your industry um and then a couple of others people almost selling like subscription services or gift cards right like saying yeah you know if you if you buy now we can prepay for for an entire year's worth of of service right Um, you get the gift card you can have some income today and then the people can continue to use it moving forward yeah what ways like in in regards to the general population how can people better support the businesses that are most impacted by lockdown restrictions right now, like, you know, beyond sort of that, the gift card thing that we had just discussed or, or things like that, but how can people like, would it be interacting a little bit more on social media or what, what ways can consumers, you know, better support uh, local business? I mean, I think right now the problem isn't so much the consumers, the problem is like what the government's implementing. So I think yeah. consumers, actually ready like as well I can only speak for my own industry like I've like again had so many people reach out and just say like you know I want to get in I want to book with you um so it's not necessarily the consumer so I think the biggest thing they can do to support us right now is like write your MP sign the and there's a petition online floating around right now for the beauty industry specifically to get us open because at the end of the day, like, we're not the there's been a single death traced back to a salon. Um, why can Walmart operate, but we can't open with plexiglass shields between stations and like sanitization um, specifications for after each client. So I think the biggest thing people can do to help us is just don't forget about us. Um, you know, come back and see us once we're reopened. Make sure you're still booking in with the same people you've always been seeing and just if you can take time to sign the petition and, you know, protest and help us, that's the biggest thing. For sure. Okay. Um, and I'll, I'll have to get a copy of that uh, petition off of you because I can put it in the show notes for people to share. Okay. I'll, I'll send it. That'd be great. Thank you. Yeah. Um, have you seen like a lot of, uh, especially in the beauty industry, like people trying to maybe create products or sell like sort of e-com, like pivoting a little bit in that way, just to keep the revenue going during, um, during the lockdown period. Yeah. I have a couple of friends that have like, you know, websites where they're selling different like hair, hair, um, mm-hmm. accessories or brushes and stuff. And, you know, like personally, I have placed some orders for some new products, even though yes. probably shouldn't be spending money right now, but I just want to keep going, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, so what do you, how do you see this whole thing ending? Like, what do you think is gonna, is gonna ultimately go down by the time, you know, we're back to this, this new normal everybody's talking about? Like, if we continue, or, you know, like my, my big fear here is that we're going to continue to see small business closures and, 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 you know, like a downtown Toronto being a good example will be completely different in five years than what it is today. Right. Cause you've got really, you know, co- the, the lockdown, at least this mo- most recent lockdowns concentrated to sort of one specific or, or three specific industries, let's say, right? Like, you know, beauty, health yeah. services and restaurants. And with, with really no evidence yeah. to substantiate that that's the source of community spread. Um, 
what's like yeah. you know what's your sort of best case and worst case scenario of what the future could look like here for for our, our downtown core i think i really think things are changing like i really feel like especially in my industry people are gonna be wanting a lot more like privatized services in the sense of i think they're gonna want people traveling to their home to do their hair as opposed to going into like a big lawn like that's the biggest thing I'm seeing a trend of. Um, right. I think, yeah, just the sense of having, like, you know, we've learned, like, you know, there are different options. The traditional ways aren't necessarily the ways that are going to continue. Uh, that being said, I think in terms of like restaurants and stuff, I think people want that to go back to the way it was. Yeah. People want to go and dress up and they want to, you know, people like, you know, people watch. That's yeah. why out to bars for sure no i would agree i i agree i think the the you know the restaurant the hospitality element of it is that's exactly it it needs hospitality right like it needs to be a, a an interaction but it's interesting to hear what you just said about you know people doing a little bit more in home and stuff because that almost erases a whole category of retail if we start to see this direct to consumer interaction between the, the service industry and and consumers so that's a really interesting thought actually yeah there's an issue with that though like i mean i also not only am i a hairstylist i'm a hair educator and if you take away like the in salon more yeah. then you're kind of a whole category of like sort of entry-level positions because yeah. how do you go from being a student to training with somebody who's your mentor and then actually being good at doing hair like you're kind of going straight from the school into like being on your own yeah and not like learning how to do things correctly. So like, there's a lot of issues. I've been thinking about this with a lot of jobs. Like it's taking away so many entry-level positions where people kind of learn like the, you know, the tricks of the trade, they learn the ropes, right? So. Yeah. It's an interesting thought actually, especially that's because- That's gonna be kind of interesting thing to see how that's navigated in the future. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, especially because there's probably a walk-in element that a lot of these people will get new clients right like prospectively a, a an apprentice could get and you can't really do that in that direct-to-consumer environment and then they would have this responsibility to create a brand right so like which most people i don't think figure out until maybe two or three years into the business even in my business it's like that right yeah um, and so you almost have to become like a brand builder before you become a specialist in your in your profession so true interesting that is a, a really yeah. interesting thought um is there anything else you want to add before we wrap up here? Um, no, I've pretty much said everything I wanted to say today, but thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to come on and say some of the things I think a lot of hairstylists have been wanting to say. Yeah. So thank you for voice. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. And I appreciate your time and, and the insight's been really good. I think that this is a story from my perspective that more and more people need to hear because, you know, we're hearing so much about, you know, the, the different policy and, and then also the government, you know, feigning that they care that, that small businesses are being impacted here, but I haven't really ever seen any, any concrete action to, to, you know, know, understand what we can do to help out. Right. And then I think the constant up and down of shutdowns is like, do you go on, on CERB and then you go off and then it it's so hard to get back on it. And then, you know, it's like, so it's an inconsistency of income for a lot of people. And from my perspective, it's it's only a matter of time before this all trickles into the actual economy and really like starts hurting everyone, right? I think it can spread pretty quickly. I think we're getting there. Yeah, I, agree. I think like well, just the just the 
perspective that I've seen from people like the the way that they're talking about this lockdown by comparison to even just the last one is completely different uh, yeah that shift in consumer sentiment has been really interesting to watch yeah okay for sure. uh, if people want to reach out to you to you know talk or become a client or whatever it is uh where should they find you my instagram handle is at it's rachel paget okay and on there i appreciate any comments um, questions i'm i'm open to answering okay I'll, uh, I'll put that in the show notes just so anybody can tap right away and, and uh, go over to your page and I'll, I'll, I'll send you everything as soon as uh, I have it edited and, uh, and you can review it and make sure that we're both happy here. Thank okay. you so much. Thank you. Have a great week. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Bye.